It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team welcome to the Padres postgame show on the Padres radio network coming up we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights plus we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin and we'll give you an update on scores from around major league baseball the Padres postgame show starts now on the Padres radio network we are live here at Petco Park. Final score here tonight, the Marlins 3 and the Padres nothing. Sam Levitt with you on our postgame coverage from inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as the Padres drop the second game of this three-game series, setting up a rubber game of this series tomorrow afternoon here in downtown San Diego. Padres with the defeat, dropped the 60-67. and 67. Marlins with the win, improved the 65-62. and 62. Sam Levitt with you inside the Western Metal Building here at Petco Co. Park on our postgame coverage as we wrap this one up. We will have a full recap for you, all the radio highlights, and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. We should also have some additional postgame reaction from inside the Padres clubhouse tonight as well. So a lot to come on our postgame show, but here tonight, bottom line, a very, very disappointing offensive performance for the San Diego Padres, and another night where the Padres seemingly were unable to, A, carry momentum from one day to the next, and B, unable to do anything offensively against the starting pitcher that you felt they should be able to do some damage against in left-hander Jesus Lazardo, who is talented but had really struggled coming into this game, and somebody the Padres did well against earlier this season. But that was not to be the case here tonight. Padres do not score a run. They only get three hits in the game. And the part that really hurt here tonight, on top of the offensive, uh, or I should say lack of offense in this game by the Padres, was the fact that Blake Snell was pretty good here tonight. He went six innings, three earned runs given up. And the runs for the Marlins came in the span of 
five batters in the third. That was it. That was all the offense in this game. A home run by Soler, back-to-back singles for a rise in Bell. Then the single and the error by Xander Bogarts. Some rare sloppy defense by the Padres at a couple of different points in this ball game here today. The error by Bogarts in the third, not great. A ground out that leads to a run just like that, span of five batters. It was a 3 nothing Miami lead. But really, aside from that, the Padres between Blake Snell and then the bullpen of Barlow, Martinez, and Garcia, they gave up three runs in this game, and that was it. And the Padres' offense could not get anything going against Jesus Lazardo, who only gave up two hits in six innings of work. And we always talk about, or at least we've often talked about lately, the idea that the Stars have to lead the way, right, if the Padres are going to salvage the final quarter of this season and go on the type of run that is required well that really means two things have to happen number one the Padres have to be able to win more than just three games in a row and have to be able to carry momentum from one night to the other and the stars need to lead the way the big four here tonight Tatis Soto Machado and Bogarts were a combined 0 for 13 Ha-Sung Kim had a base hit in this game Garrett Cooper had a base hit in this game and Jake Cronenworth had a base hit. That was it. The Padres had four total at-bats with runners in scoring position. Two of them came in the very first inning with Soto and Machado at the plate. They could not get Fernando Tatis Jr. in from second base and then third base. Padres didn't have another at-bat with a runner in scoring position until the eighth inning when there was a runner on second base with two men away. And then in the ninth inning, they had a chance to perhaps rally, only down by three. Fernando Tatis Jr. draws a one-out walk. But again, Soto and Machado go down after that. So the big four here tonight, Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts, albeit Tatis got on twice via the walk. They were 0 for 13 combined in this game, and it is very hard for the Padres to win games and generate much offense if the middle of the order does that. 0 for 13, and overall, whether it was the middle or the bottom third of the order, I mean, it's on everybody here tonight. Padres only get three hits in this game off a guy in Jesus Lizardo, who, by the way, came in a 10-plus ERA in his last four starts. Is Lizardo talented? Absolutely. But the Padres did not capitalize at all against the guy that had allowed eight home runs in his last three starts, a 10-plus ERA, 30 hits in 17 innings in the last four starts for Jesus Lizardo. And the Padres got two hits against him. They struck out seven times and... Uh, just one of those nights where you look at the offense and it's it's very hard to figure out, um, you know, the situation here tonight and how there are only three hits and um, obviously the Padres not building on momentum from the night before. So that is the start of the story here tonight. The offense will break it all down. We'll hear from Bob Melvin and much, much more to come as we wrap this one up. Again, the final score in the second game of this three-game series. Marlins three, Padres nothing. Much more to come after this on the Padres Radio Network eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Marlins 3, Padres nothing as the Padres drop the second game of this three-game series, setting up the rubber game of this series tomorrow afternoon here at Petco Park, 1.10 p.m. first pitch tomorrow. It'll be Seth Lugo on the mound for the Padres and Sandy Alcantara on the mound for the Miami Marlins, and it will be the rubber match of this three-game series. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Petco Park. It is cleared out. Great crowd here tonight. 51st sellout here in San Diego. 43,450. But it feels like it's often been the case where the sold out crowd doesn't have a ton to cheer about on a night like this where the Padres have no runs on three hits. Marlins had three runs on eight hits. And that really is where the story begins here tonight. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a little bit. We also should have some additional postgame reaction from players inside the Padres clubhouse here tonight. So a lot to get to on our postgame coverage. First, let's recap this one. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. A scoreless first two innings for the starting pitchers, Blake Snell and Jesus Luzardo. Jorge Soler led off the top of the third. The count went to three and two. Here's the three and two, and that's hit in the air to very deep center field. Grisham goes back. All he's going to be able to do is watch. This is a Solaire shot to the base of the uh, Ivy batter's eye here in center field. A long home Solaire. 33rd of the year, and the Marlins have a 1-0 lead in the third. It was a really, really long home run off the bat of Jorge Soler. 442 feet, the exit below at 111.7. Only counted for one run, though Miami had a one to nothing lead. The trouble continued for Blake Snell. Luis Arise singled. Josh Bell singled. Jake Berger was next. Snell will look back at Arise. He's the lead runner. He takes off. The pitch is grounded to the left side. Backhanded in the hole by Bogarts. Long throw to first is high. It gets over Cooper. Arise will come home from third to score. Bell ends up at third base, and it's 2-0 Marlins here in the third. That was a single and an error on Xander Bogarts. Made it 2-0. Like Jesse said, Bell went to third base. That meant Avaseo Garcia grounded out to third. It scored Bell from third. It was 3-0 Miami. Jazz Chisholm Jr. was next. 1-0 the pitch, and Chisholm swings, hits it hard on the ground through the right side, a base hit, Berger rounding third, he's on his way, Fernando comes up throwing, Sanchez has it, tags him, got it! Fernando Tatis Jr. picks up another one, and Jake Berger thrown out at the plate to end a long top of the third inning. A terrific throw by Fernando Tatis Jr., his 11th outfield assist of the season. That's second in the NL, and Fernando's throw clocked at 97 miles per hour. It was a laser, and it kept it a 3-0 game. At the time, 
that felt like a big deal because it was only 3 nothing. Padres had plenty of time, but the story became Jesus Lazardo on the mound for Miami. Padres couldn't do much against him at all. He set down 12 in a row at one point from the final two outs of the second through there being one out in the sixth inning. All in all for Luzardo, six scoreless innings. Blake Snell would settle in. He gave up just those three runs in his six innings. And then, quite frankly, there's not a whole lot to tell you about other than the zeros. Scott Barlow pitched the score of the seventh inning. Andrew Nardi pitched the score of this bottom half of the seventh inning for Miami. Nick Martinez got out of a bases loaded jam in the eighth inning to keep it 3 nothing. Tanner Scott, a scoreless eighth inning in the bottom half. Luis Garcia, a good job in the top of the ninth inning. One, two, three frame to keep it 3 nothing. And then David Robertson came on for the save opportunity in the bottom half of the inning. Padres would get a one-out walk from Fernando Tatis Jr. That was it, though. And that was the final score. Miami 3 and San Diego nothing. Padres offense, no runs on three hits. The big four, Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts, they want a combined 0 for 13 in this game. Padres, like I said earlier, only had a, a handful of at-bats with runners in scoring position. They had two of them in the first inning with Fernando on second base after a walk and a wild pitch. And then they had one in the eighth inning after a two-out double by Garrett Cooper. And they had one in the ninth inning when Fernando walked again and found himself on second base. But... Aside from that, not much going at all for the Padres offense here tonight as the Marlins win it by a final score of 3 nothing. Let's go down towards the clubhouse here at Petco Park and hear some post-game reaction. Let's take a trip down to the Padres clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian resource. Bob, Jake, you had the one inning where you gave up some runs. Other than that, what did you think of his outing overall tonight? Look, I mean, it's almost a surprise if he gives up a couple hard-hit balls and a couple of runs. So three runs, we don't score any. Probably not his best outing, but pretty similar to the way he's been pitching here for a while. With Lazaro tonight, obviously the numbers coming into this game yeah. wouldn't suggest that he would be as effective as he was. But look, they have pretty good stuff. Your thoughts he, on he how did. he threw the ball tonight? So he he has the ability to pitch like that. You know, he hasn't been pitching that well here recently. But you know, his fastball and his changeup run the same. You know, tunneling off of that through just enough breaking balls going the other way to keep you honest. Had good velo on his fastball, mixed up between four and two. Had a good changeup. We didn't hit too many balls hard off him. Blake seemed to be sort of undone by the the home run a little bit, and he and Soler, or he had words. What what did you see there? And then he had what words with uh, Soler as he took off around there? Did you not? I didn't see that. What was the issue before the next inning? Um, Besides that, he got the ball and he, he didn't think he should have. Oh, you well, yeah. The, it, it, so he threw a pitch twenty eight seconds, but he was waiting for the ball for five or six seconds. So we've seen a couple of these things pop up before. Um, with a couple of seconds like that and having to wait to get a ball just, you know, frustrates you a little bit, especially the way the game was going. You've struggled to come from behind the season and with the lineup that you have that, that I'm sure you probably feel that shouldn't be an issue. What has been the biggest challenge when you've gotten behind by a couple of runs to not be able to, to kind of mount what you should? I, if I had an answer for you, I'd tell you, but we just have not had good late inning at-bats. You know, and it, it's it's gone on most of the year. 
You know, it's something that was, like we've said often, it was a strength last year. It has not been this year. And I think maybe sometimes it gets to, to snowball. You tighten up a little bit late in games. You want to do a little bit too much. But um, we have not also been able to follow up good games with good games after that. So you do. They pitched well tonight. They did. But you would think we could hit a few more balls and it just didn't happen for us. You kind of answered my question, my next question there, but but – have you noticed the at-bats changing when you get behind and you're in those situations where you need to? I, you know, maybe you just try to do a little too much as opposed to just pass the baton. Take a walk, hit the ball. You know, we, we certainly have the ability to take some walks. You know, a single, pass the baton to the next guy. I think with the guys that we have, maybe a little bit, trying to do a little bit too much and, and be that guy. But we just didn't have enough base runners to really put any pressure on them tonight. Your starting pitchers still lead the... I think NL and ERA this late into August, the fact that as a team you haven't been able to make much of that, how frustrating is that? There are a lot of stats we haven't been able to make much of, You know, whether it's run differential, whether it's overall run prevention, whether it's, it's just a lot. We just, you know, our timing's been horrible. We have not been good in certain facets. Other ones we've been good in, not good enough to win games. That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park after this 3-0 loss to the Marlins here tonight. Sam Levitt back with you inside at the loft at the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park. Padres now this season, after their opponent scores first, they are 14-45 and on the year. When they score first, a very different story. They are 46-22. and And you heard Bob Melvin talk about the at-bats when trailing and not being able to put together good at-bats when trailing late in games. Well, look, the, the numbers reflect that. When the Padres, I mean, some of these numbers are, are just um, hard to believe with the names in this lineup. Behind after six innings, four and 50 now on the year. Behind after seven innings, three and 53 on the year. And when the Padres are behind after eight innings, they are one and 55 on the season. And that is also not, well... Some of these games may include the extra inning games, but when they do get the extra innings this year, they are 0-10 on the year. So there has been an issue when this team trails late and in close games. This was a close one here today, 3 nothing. And again, the pitching for the Padres continues, especially in the starting sense, to be very, very good. I mean, when all is said and done, we'll see how this all ends uh, over the next uh, four or five weeks. But... When all is said and done, and the Padres will end up having the lowest starting pitching ERA in baseball and the most quality starts in baseball, when you look back at this thing and see that, if they don't turn things around here, it will be one of the more mystifying elements of this ball club because the starting pitching continues to be great. I mean, Snell, was he perfect tonight? No. Gives up the three runs in in the six innings, but... And the three runs, I should say, really in a span of five batters. That was it in the third. That was the major trouble he ran into. And it did come back to bite him, the home run by Soler, and then the singles by Rise and Bale. And uh, a little bit of shaky defense with Bogarts forcing a throw and it being high and a run coming in, all of that. But when all was said and done, it was only a 3 nothing game in the middle of the third. And this has been the story all year. You imagined with the names in this lineup, more often than not, a 3 nothing deficit early would not feel like so much to overcome, but unfortunately this season it has felt like that many nights. And here tonight, let's be honest, it felt like that because the Padres just could not 
get anything going against Lizardo and then against the Miami bullpen. They only had no runs on three hits, uh, three hits total in this game. So, uh, you know, you heard there from Bob Melvin. Uh, we've talked about it before. I've said it before. I, I don't know what the answers are and, and why it has been such an issue. And, um, you know, throughout the year, we've obviously heard guys echo that as well as far as uh, searching for answers as to why there have been a lot of nights like this. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the offense when we come back. We'll also tell you about our ace pitcher of the game, and we have a lot more to do. We should have audio coming from the clubhouse reaction. Miami wins it 3 nothing over San Diego in the middle game of this three-game series. Much more to do when we come back after this on the Padres Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Marlins 3, Padres nothing. Sam Levitt with you inside the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. Padres dropped to 60-67. and 67. Marlins improved to 65-62. and 62 with the win here tonight. lot to do on our post-game show. We'll hear from Blake Snell from inside the clubhouse downstairs coming up in just a minute, so stay tuned for that. We'll also hear from Xander Bogarts coming up as well. So a lot to get to, some post-game reaction from the clubhouse on a very disappointing night, especially offensively for the Padres. I mean, I, I cannot put Blake Snell in the disappointing category here tonight. He had a tough third inning, but aside from that, a quality outing by the definition for Blake Snell. Six innings, three runs given up for Snell. And again, we'll hear from Snell in just a moment. First, let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Our ace pitcher of the game here tonight, no doubt, got to be Jesus Lizardo for Miami. Six scoreless innings, just two hits given up, walked one, struck out seven, only on 88 pitches, very efficient as well. And he is no doubt our ace pitcher of the game. He was dominant against this Padres lineup. And the interesting part of it for Jesus Lizardo, like we mentioned earlier, he had really been struggling coming into this start. His last four starts entering this one, a 10-5-9 ERA. He had given up 30 hits in 17 innings in his last four starts. Eight home runs allowed in his last three. I mean, he gave up 13 home runs in his first 22 starts of the year. In the last three, he gave up eight. And the Padres just could not get to him at all. They had a couple of singles against him. That was it. So they did not do a good job tonight getting to Lazardo, who felt vulnerable. Now, with that said, Lazardo's a talented guy. His numbers before this last three start span, his ERA was 3.38. It jumped up to 4.13 entering tonight's game. So, you know, he, he's been better, or I should say, he is better than what he's been entering tonight lately. But 
he got back on track against the Padres here tonight, and you just hope the Padres could take advantage of Lazardo tonight, what he's been going through, and they did not do it at all. So credit to Lazardo. He's got to be our ace pitcher of the game here tonight. And my first key to the game, I'm looking at it right now, my first key in the pregame show was lasers off Lazardo. Was hitting Lazardo, taking advantage of uh, the struggles he had coming in. Padres, unfortunately, did not do that at all here tonight. On the other side of this starting pitching matchup, Blake Snell, I thought, pretty good in this game. Was it the best we've seen Blake? No, but at the end of the day, gives up three runs in six innings. Uh, kept you right in the game. He had a rough stretch, basically of five batters in the third. And it started with the Soler home run. Then two straight singles for a rise in Bell. Run ends up coming in on the error by Bogarts. Infield single by Berger. Um, I should say infield single by Berger. And on that play, the error by Bogarts allows a rise to come into score. Allows Bell to go to third base. And then uh, it was uh, the ground ball off the bat of Garcia that drives in a run. Garcia picks up the RBI. And just like that, a span of five batters, it was 3 nothing Miami. So, unfortunately, Blake wasn't totally helped out by his defense um, gives up the home run on a two-strike pitch to Solaire. But again, zoom out, six innings, three earned runs given up, and the idea that the Padres only gave up those three runs in the game. You just feel like this offense should have the capability to mount a rally and pick up their starting pitcher after a tough third inning, but it did not happen here tonight. All right, let's go down towards the Padres clubhouse, towards and inside the Padres clubhouse, and hear from tonight's starting pitcher, Blake Snell. No one inning. How do you feel like through the ball tonight? Yeah, every inning I felt good. Yeah, excited where I'm at, excited where I'm headed. Um, just sucks we don't win. Got to win. Yeah, I didn't mean to suggest you didn't throw the ball all that inning, but it was the only one to pick out some runs. I just got to a couple pitches. Got to one pitch, and then the last couple of hits aired, and they score after that. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, Fastball's out over, they hit him, good on that. I need to control myself better, which I'll do, and then, yeah, it'll be fine. I like my lap. feel pretty good about how you're throwing the ball, though, yeah. all the positives we're taking. Yeah, I like it a lot, so keep getting better. I like where I'm at, I like where I'm headed, so excited for that. We just got to win. We got to win. What happened in between innings with the, the pitch violation? Um, I was waiting to get a ball. I threw a ball in the dirt. And then we were waiting to get the ball back from Neil. He was talking to Skip, the manager. So we were waiting, and then um, he said one more pitch after he gave us the ball, and I said I had, I need two. He said no, and then tried to make an argument. There's no argument there. Give me the ball, and then there'd be no, we'd have been good. Um, but he was stubborn, and they're like very stubborn on this clock stuff. So it sucks, whatever. Can't do anything about it, so move on. So you didn't get all the pitches you needed because they were taking their time getting you a new ball yeah. after it got scuffed. Yeah, and then they tried to say something else, but that was not even close, so whatever. Yeah, can't control it, whatever. You seem to have a little bit of an issue with Solaire. Yeah, I ain't got to talk about it. You had not had anything like that where, you know, no matter the walks or whatever, you could yeah. shut it down right away. Was that the disappointing part of that inning that you weren't able to shut it down? No, I mean, I would have shut it down. I mean, I would say we made an error, and then they, the scorekeeper said those are earned runs when they're not, so we'll contest that. Um, I would say the two batters after the home run, yeah, I let 
my emotions get the best of me, gave them good pitches to hit. Um, after that, I controlled them, got them back into, into sync. Um, not perfect, I'm trying to be, can't have those little blow-ups. Uh, it's probably one of the first ones I've had in a long, long time. I've never been that upset, so um, yeah, just learn from it, get better, and don't give up runs by you know, being emotional, if you will. For this team to kind of be where it is and knowing that this is a team that you're chasing, hoping to jump, how kind of disappointing was tonight on yeah, the whole? It's very disappointing. Um, I want to get to the playoffs and want to win, so it hurt, you know, it just it hurts losing to them, especially when I know that we have a team to beat them and beat every team we play, so, so yeah, I just want to win, get to the playoffs and feel that feeling again. There's nothing like the playoffs, so hopefully we can get it going, start you know, winning and and give this city what they deserve, a playoff team. All right, that was Blake Snell. Uh, quite a quite a statement there at the end. And uh, look, Blake uh, certainly has done his part this year with uh, how he's pitched overall. And so the Padres obviously not where they want to be whatsoever. They right now are six games out of a wild card spot and seven games below 500 here on August 22nd. Sam Levitt back with you inside the loft at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. That was Blake Snell. After his start here tonight, six innings, three earned runs given up. You heard Blake talk about that third inning and uh, the frustration he felt in that third inning after the home run. And it was interesting, that third in particular, because, you know, when Blake has got in trouble this year, it's been a lot about the walks, right? Him getting hit is not something we've seen a ton. So Lair hits the home run on the 3-2 pitch, and then he gives up quickly back-to-back singles off the bat of a rise and then Bell, and that, you know, he didn't get helped out by his defense, the error by Bogarts, but that, you know, ends up being two runs that come into score, both Arise and Bell come into score in the innings. So it seemed like Blake maybe let that home run snowball a little bit into the, the next batters, and you heard him talk about it there, but... Um, you know, look, I, I have a hard time putting a whole lot of blame on Blake Snell here tonight because you look up, six innings, three earned runs. He had a little stretch there that didn't go well. And, you know, he could have allowed just the Solaire home run here tonight. Could have been a one nothing game. Padres still don't win it with no runs on three hits. So that was Blake Snell after the game. And um thought that was uh, a nice statement by Blake at the end there, talking about, uh, you know, giving uh, – giving the fans what they deserve, and certainly the fans have done their part. 51 sellouts, including this one here tonight, more than 43,000-plus in the building. lot to do on our post-game coverage. When we come back, we'll hear from Xander Bogarts. We have more audio coming as well from inside the clubhouse, and we will also give out more of our nightly awards and take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard. So, a lot to do on our post-game coverage. We have more reaction from inside the Padres clubhouse when we come back. Again, the final score, Marlins 3, Padres nothing on the Padres radio network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
1-0 oh the pitch. And Chisholm swings, hits it hard on the ground through the right side. A base hit. Berger rounding third. He's on his way. Fernando comes up throwing. Sanchez has it, tags him, got it. Fernando Tatis Jr. picks up another one. And Jake Berger thrown out at the plate to end a long top of the third inning. One of the good moments from tonight's game for the Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. throwing out Jake Berger at home play. A throw clocked at 97.8 miles an hour. What a throw by Fernando. His 11th outfield assist of the season. Only Washington's Lane Thomas has more as Fernando continues his gold glove caliber play in right field. He's done a great job there, and that was, got to be honest with you, the lone highlight for the Padres in this game, unfortunately. The throw by Fernando that kept it a 3 nothing game uh, through two and a half innings here at Petco Park, and the problem, the Padres never could get one. No runs on three hits for the Padres here tonight. The three runs scored in the third inning end up being plenty tonight for the Marlins as they win it 3 to nothing. We have a lot to do on our post-game coverage still. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building here at Petco Park. We'll give out more of our nightly awards coming up in just a little bit. We'll also take a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard. But the headline from tonight, the lack of offense by the Padres. The big four, Fernando Tatis Jr., albeit he got on twice via walks. Juan Soto, 0 for 4. Manny Machado, 0 for 4. Xander Bogarts, 0 for 3. Fernando, aside from the walks, 0 for 2 couple of strikeouts so those four were 0 for 13 in this game Hassan Kim in the leadoff spot had a base hit he was one for four Jay Cronenworth one for three Padres only had three hits so it wasn't totally exclusively on the big four of Tatis Soto Machado and Bogarts but Padres just where they are they, they can't afford those guys to have offers they just can't so especially a game like this which felt winnable Three runs given up by your starting pitcher, and the Padres just could not get anything going against uh, left-hander Jesus Lazardo on the mound for Miami and then the Marlins' bullpen. Let's go back inside the Padres' clubhouse, and here's some post-game reaction from shortstop Xander Bogarts. I mean, I feel like tonight we didn't do enough of putting them in trouble, you know, like getting guys on base. I mean, just by a walk or, you know, a couple knocks. It's not, I'm not saying, like... Like two homers or whatever, but just like creating traffic, we didn't, we didn't really do a good job. That I mean, I don't feel like the kid was throwing a lot of balls, you know. I mean, he had some good stuff. It's 99 from the left side and really good off-speed pitches. But still, uh, the guys that came out of the bullpen, it's pretty similar or even better stuff than the starters. So it was a really good pitching duel. Snell against him, kind of going into the game, you kind of know that. And that you do have trouble with, the, you know, sometimes even against pitchers that aren't that good. When you do come up with bullpen like this, that's pretty nasty. Does it does it make it okay? That just happened. Or, you know, is they're good or? I mean, I don't think I've ever faced that. Oh, is that Nardi or something? Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever faced that kid. And I mean, you can see it on video all you want, but until you, you face him, you kind of have a good idea of you know like what's what it is, but. Yeah, this guy's man is you try to get as much traffic early, try to get to the bullpen. Uh, but as I said, we didn't do pretty much anything with walks or hits. We couldn't tack on two base runners behind each other. It was very good pitching performance by those guys. In that there's like six weeks left, whatever those thirty five games. 
what does every loss feel like? I mean, every loss, like a day goes by, too. Mm-hmm. It, I just wonder if it feels like more. It's not like we were early on and we were like, you know what, we still have like 110 games left, you know, 115, 120 games left. We, we don't. We have, at one point, it was like 40 a couple, a couple of days ago. So every loss should feel double. And to me, it feels that way. I mean, I don't know for the other guys, but yeah. What made Lazardo as difficult as you said, 99 on the left side? What, what specifically made him tough to uh, I felt like he got ahead a little bit more often than probably not. I don't know if that was the case, but that's what I felt like looking, looking at that game. Uh, he had that fastball in going good, so once the umpire has given him that a little bit, now he can expose you with that change of down and away or, or that back foot slider, you know. So if you had control, I mean, if you had a little issue with that inside fastball, I mean, it was a different ball game. But every time he threw it in, it was either a strike or close, you know. And you saw he froze a couple guys tonight with, with some fastballs in. And it's pretty, it's pretty tough. And he throws you a lot of junk away and then just one one in on you. That was Xander Bogarts from inside the Padres clubhouse after this 3-0 defeat at the hands of the Miami Marlins. Sam Levitt back with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as we wrap this one up. And you heard Xander talk about a couple of things there that were interesting. Number one, talk about um, the lack of base traffic in this game for the Padres. And he's right. They barely had anything against Lazardo or the bullpen for Miami. They had the walk by Tatis in the first inning. One out single by Cronenworth in the second. They had a two out single by Kim in the sixth inning. Two out double by Cooper in the eighth inning. And a one out walk by Tatis in the ninth inning. That was it. That was all the base traffic. They only had four at bats with runners in scoring position. And two of them came in the first inning. One came in the eighth. One came in the ninth. That was it. Just as far as at bats with runners in scoring position. So that number showed you the lack of base traffic for the Padres here tonight. You also heard Xander talk about you know, basically the schedule towards the end there. And this is the part of things right now for the Padres that is getting hard to stomach. And it is that for a while, for months, myself included, we talked about the schedule in a way being this team's friend. In the sense of this, that there was time, even halfway through the year. Even as of a few weeks ago, you had 50, 60 games remaining, even when you had 40 games remaining. The the deficit, the gap has never been so large for a wild card spot where you felt like one big run couldn't vault them right back into it. And the problem now is, is tonight was game 127. And there are only, whatever it is now, about five weeks left in the season. And all of a sudden, the schedule for this team is now starting to work against them. The clock's ticking, and time is running out. And you still have six games to make up at a wild card race. You have teams to leapfrog in front of you. And beyond that, the disappointing part for the Padres is they simply have not shown to this point the ability to go on the type of run that's required. And, and look, we've been talking about this for months. I'm not saying anything you haven't heard me say before, but... They have not shown that ability, and really not close to that ability. I mean, not winning more than three in a row. Aside from a a stretch, you know, 
in July into August, where I think it was, I'd have to look it up again now, 18 and 11 in a span of, uh, in a span of 27 games, 27, in a span of 29 games. And they just have not shown the ability to, to sustain momentum, and especially offensively. That's the part that continues to be very mystifying for this team. And I, I went and looked while Xander was talking there because I was curious about it. The Padres' last 11 games, five of those games, they have offensive performances that look like this. No runs on five hits against Arizona. One run on four hits against Baltimore. One run on three hits against Arizona. One run on five hits against Arizona. And here tonight, no runs on three hits. So they have, just in the last week and a half or so, they have, out of the last 11 games, I mean, five games that are that are super, super quiet offensive nights where they either had no runs or one run and no more than five hits. I mean, you know, it, it, with where they're at, they, they just need more than that. On a night-to-night basis, they can't afford to have offensive nights like that. And it's, it has happened way too often just in the last week and a half, two weeks. So that's what it comes down to. Um, <laughs> wish I had the answers for you. But uh, the Padres, with where they are um, and the hole they dug themselves, they could not afford down the stretch here if they were going to go on the type of run that's required to have offensive nights like this. And it has happened far too frequently as of late where this offense just does not do a whole lot um, whether it be against a guy like Zach Allen or whether it be against a guy like uh, Brandon Fott or, or other names we, we don't have to go back through all the names it has not totally mattered what caliber of starting pitcher they faced entering the game whether it's a guy in Lizardo that really struggled although Lizardo's got a lot of talent and was having a good year until recently but it really struggled in his last three four starts coming into this one whether it be a Zach Allen, whether it be a Brandon Fott, uh, whether it be, a, you know, looking at some other names here that I can find. I'll spare you, but you know the names. And it, it's gone back a while, so they just have not been able to get this thing turning on all cylinders offensively. And Bob Melvin talked about the lack of timing, this team syncing up all year, and, and that's been true all year. And They've pitched so well out of the starting rotation all year that, again, you look up and being seven games below 500, pretty hard to believe. All right, we continue on our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you here inside the loft at the Western Metal Building. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit SanDiegoFoodBank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game here today. Now we'll give you some positives out of the Padres tonight. How about Luis Garcia? Why not? Scoreless inning, very easy, 12 pitches, one, two, three frame, three ground outs that have to face two of the big guys at the top of the Miami lineup. Solaire and a rise. Why not? Luis Garcia, our relief pitcher of the game here tonight on the Padres side of things. Now let's tell you about our player of the game. 
which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Our player of the game here tonight. I think we've got to go with somebody from the Marlins offense. No, it's got to be. We'll go with the man who started the scoring. Jorge Soler, the home runoff. Snell gave the Marlins a one nothing lead. Really, you know, started the offense for the Marlins in that third. You heard about Blake Snell, you know, his frustration after the home run. And arise the single, bail the single. So, Soler clearly was a spark for that offense in the third. Getting to Blake Snell and for the home run, it was a long one, 442 feet. Went to a part of the yard we don't see a lot of balls go to. Landed at the very bottom of the batter's eye by the Miami bullpen. So Solaire for the home run, what he did for the offense here tonight on the Marlins side of things. He'll be our player of the game here on the Padres Radio Network. As always, trust me, it doesn't give me any pleasure to give uh, our awards to non-Padres, but some nights you got to, and this is one of those nights. Solaire with his 33rd home run of the year, and it's something we talked about pregame. He had 13 home runs against left-handed pitching entering tonight. He was tied with Mookie Betts for the most home runs off lefties this season. Well, it's now Soler all alone in that category. 14 home runs against left-handed pitching, the most of anybody in the major leagues this season as he continues to do well against Southpaws. All right, we'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. If you want to get a phone call in, you can, 833-288-0973. The phone number to call, 833-288-0973. The phone number if you want to get involved late here on our post-game show. Full out-of-town scoreboard, our play of the game, and we'll give you our final thoughts when we come back. Final score, Marlins 3, Padres nothing on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here tonight, Marlins 3, Padres nothing, as the Marlins even up this three-game series at a game apiece. Padres fall to 60-67, Marlins improve to 65-62. Padres will end the night. Six games out of that final wildcard spot, the teams that hold those spots at the end of tonight look like this a lot of movement each and every day in these wild card standings right now the phillies are the number one cubs are the number two arizona how about that the diamondbacks leapfrogging into the number three spot at the end of tonight then the giants half game out reds half game out miami one game out and then the padres six games out a lot of work to be done if the padres want to make a real run at this thing but uh, certainly getting back to 500 uh, that should be goal number one right now and the padres have a lot of work to do in that department alone now being seven games below 500 here on august 22nd still a lot to do on our post game show we will take some of your phone calls here coming up 833-288-0973 833-288-0973 the phone number to call if you want to get involved first let's take a quick look at the out of town scoreboard let's go around major league baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country this is the out of town scoreboard presented by jensen meat where great taste meets integrity locally produced in san diego since 1958 
Take a look at scores today from around the major leagues. Tigers beat the Cubs 8-6 in Detroit. Andy Abanez, a couple of home runs in that game for Detroit. Rays beat up on the Rockies 12-4 in Tampa Bay. Phillies beat the Giants 4-3 in Philadelphia. Blue Jays beat the Orioles 6-3 in Baltimore. Brandon Belt, a home run in the 10th inning to help the Blue Jays pass the O's in 10. Nationals beat the Yankees 2-1 in the Bronx. The Yankees have now lost nine in a row. Nine in a row. Longest losing streak for the Yankees since 1982, the last time they lost nine in a row. Wow. They're now five games below 500. Pirates beat the Cardinals 6-3 in Pittsburgh. Andrew McCutcheon, a home run in that game for Pittsburgh. Guardians beat the Dodgers 8-3 in Cleveland. It was Cole Calhoun, a three-run home run in that game for Cleveland. Braves beat the Mets in Atlanta 3-2. Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna had home runs in that game for Atlanta. Astros beat the Red Sox 7-3 in Houston. Kyle Tucker, a home run in that game for the Astros. Brewers beat the Twins 7-3 in Milwaukee. Mariners continue to stay hot. 6-3 winners over the White Sox. Mariners have now won eight in a row. They continue to be terrific. Reds beat the Angels 4-3 in Anaheim. Mike Trout did return in that game for the Angels. A's beat the Royals in Oakland 5-4. Diamondbacks beat the Rangers 6-3 in Arizona. Zach Allen struck out 11 over six strong innings in that one. And that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard here tonight around the major leagues. We'll get to our play of the game coming up here in just a moment. And we'll also... Get you ready for tomorrow. Rubber game of this series tomorrow afternoon here at Petco Park. Again, phone number to call, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. The phone number, let's squeeze in a phone call or two. We go to Drew calling in from San Diego. Hi, Drew. Hey, what's up, Sammy? Um, just a couple things. Uh, I, I was at the game tonight, and uh, I'm born and raised in San Diego. been a Padres mm-hmm. fan since as long as I can remember. And one thing that really stood out to me is our fans are brutal this year. I mean, I, I understand expectations are high. I understand that, like, we want to win. Um, I played at a pretty high level, so I, I, I understand, you know, fans have a right to boo. But when we're booing in the third inning because we're giving up a couple runs with a guy on the mound that's, you know, in the running for a Cy Young Award, um, booing our guys to play when they're striking out, I mean, the only thing that's doing is putting additional pressure on them. And I I get the displeasure of the way that we're playing, but I don't understand how that correlates to booing a third of the way into the game and showing our displeasure. You know, after the game, if you want to boo, if you want to be upset, that's fine. But that's one thing that stuck out to me that, you know, we're not we're not Yankee fans. We're not Phillies fans. Like, we should have some pride in, in our city and our team. And I want to win just as much as – guy next to me but like i'm not gonna be booing my team in the third inning of a game when we're out trying to make a playoff spot so Mm. that's uh that's point number one point number two is with all the guys that we have coming up in free agency and um you know some of the guys that we're looking to extend such as you know hassan kim and, and whatnot i mean what where would you say we put our priority do we do we prioritize signing snell do we prioritize extending Kim? Do we try to lock down Waka for a few more years? I'd like Mm -hmm. to hear your take on that and uh, see what you think. 
Yeah, it's a really good question and, and a lot to get to there, Drew. Thank you for the phone call. Um, look, number one, you know, look, I understand that hearing boos is not fun. I'm sure it's not fun for the players. Look, fans have a right to boo. Um, you pay good money. Uh, they've certainly done their part supporting this team. Um you know, fans have the right to express how they feel, you know, and, and you know, again, I, I, I can't put any blame on the fans this year. I mean, what more do you want the fans to do? The way they've shown up here in numbers and with their wallets and all of it. But, you know, look, I, I do understand if you're a fan out there and you're like, hey, you know, it's the third inning. Why are we booing? And, and let's support our, our guys here. Um, I get that. Uh, but fans do have the right to express how they feel and, uh you know, there have been plenty of times this year where where it has not gone up to the expectations really at all. So, you know, look, I'm always going to be in the camp of, you know, the fans here are, are awesome, number one, win or lose. It's been like that all year. And to me, Drew, look, fans are, are allowed to express how they feel. And we've, we've heard that from guys in the clubhouse throughout the year when there have been boos coming down. They, they get it. They get it in there. And, um they know that, you know, when you don't play up the standards and, and things have gone like they've gone this year, that those things happen. And uh, <laughs> I think somebody said, I can't remember who it was in there, but at some point this season said, I'd boo too, you know. So they get it in there. And, um, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to tell fans how to cheer, how to react. Um, the fans, to me, have done their part. I mean, I, I don't know what anybody else could expect the fans to do. They've shown up in tremendous numbers. And, you know, I, I, again, I don't think it was uh, super harsh booing tonight, but fans are allowed to express how they feel. So you know, I, I don't have a huge problem with it, to, to be totally honest with you. Um, and that and that just speaks to how great they've been all year. When you show up the way they have and you've supported this group the way they have, it's it's fans' rights to, to express how they feel. Um, as far as the priorities, <sighs> Heading into the winter, that's a great question, Drew. Um, you know, look, the Hassan Kim situation, for as incredible as he's been, is an interesting one. Obviously, they've they've signed Cronenworth to be here. Um, you know, obviously, he's somebody who can play some different positions. You've got Xander Bogarts signed at shortstop. I presume he's going to continue to play shortstop, at least for a while here. Um Kim has been terrific. He certainly has earned the conversation to extend him here and keep him here. I would imagine that's something the Padres would like to do. It's also a team that has money committed in a lot of different areas. And also a team where, you know, shortstop's taken up right now by Bogarts. And is Jake Cronenworth going to be your first baseman, you know, for for years to come? I don't know. You know, he probably long-term profiles more as a a second baseman, or if you want to get even more creative with him and and put him in the outfield, I I don't know. Um, You know, look, I I think Blake has been terrific, obviously. I think Blake's going to make a lot of money from somebody this year. I don't know if that's going to be the Padres or not. I really don't. I think Blake's going to get a big-time contract. I mean, you look at what somebody, what did Carlos Rodon get last year? I mean, Rodon, you know, I haven't really looked into this a ton, but how old is Rodon? Rodon is... 30 years old, so he's right at where Blake is. 30 years old, and he got, what, six years, 162. I, I, Blake's going to get something like that. He's he's going to get. A, I, would, I would put Rodon as a pretty good comparison last year for what I think Blake's going to get. Are the Padres going to give him that? 
I don't know. Are they going to be willing to spend that kind of money on him? I don't know. Um, you know, this is a team that's already spending a lot of money. So I think there are a number of factors at play there. Um, I I love the idea of keeping Waka here. You know, the Padres have to decide I, I, maybe health-wise with the shoulder if they're comfortable with that. But I think the team option is two years, $32 million. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what it is. That would seem pretty fair to me based on how he's pitched. And, and he's a veteran. He's solid. He's a good presence here. You know, do they want to make sure Lugo stays here? Um, they've got a lot of decisions to make. As far as priority, I don't know. I, Drew, I would need more time to think about it, quite honestly. Um, as far as, like, is there a priority of trying to keep Kim? or try, If you could only extend one, Snell or Kim, who would you extend? I mean, I would lean towards Kim. He's been so good. Um He's versatile. He's only gotten better. He's an everyday player. But it's going to be fascinating because on one hand, this is going to be a very, very similar team coming back next season. On the other hand, um, you know, if they want to make some changes with the core, they need to be very creative with that, with these big-time contracts. So it's going to be a fascinating offseason head, uh, Drew. And I don't know that I have a great answer for you here tonight. But it's a fascinating offseason ahead, no doubt about it. Let's go to Trevor calling in from Ramona. Hi, Trevor. Hey there. Um, just wanted to call in. Uh, I was at the game tonight, too. Um, really, it was just um, a very uninspiring, very unenergetic performance, I think, the Padres put up for us. I really, uh, I really love the players we have on the team. You know, I really love Tatis, Machado. I love all of them. I just, as a fan, I, I, I think we can't go into next year with the same roster we have, no plan to change, and nothing different, and expect us to be able to play the way that we should have this year. Just, I, I'm trying to understand why these superstars on our team just cannot hit this year. Yeah. And um, it's frustrating for me. Um, I don't know... If it, I like Bob Melvin. Um, I'm starting to like Preller less. I don't know what the management stuff is. I don't think anybody really does, but it just can't be the same next year and get our hopes up again like these guys are going to play better just mm. because. Yeah, Drew, thank, thank you for the phone call. I mean, look, we'll see what happens with all of it, with everything you just brought up, whether it's roster or, or beyond that. Um I do think this, though, I think no matter what, I mean, your group's going to be pretty similar next year unless something crazy happens that we don't see coming, unless one of these big contracts get moved, you know, unless <laughs> they're entertaining trading somebody like a Soto. I, I just I think it's going to be a very similar core next year, and I, I do see a scenario where it is sort of a, well, that can't happen again man- mentality and we're going to run it back, and we're willing to bet that it goes better based on the talent and the names, and maybe it does happen. Um, but, I'm, I'm, you know, Trevor, I'm with you in this sense of I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens because if they are, to, in a roster sense, if they are to make changes, if they are to shake anything up, it's got to be pretty creative. But I do think there's a, a scenario, and I think a pretty good chance that, 
that this is a very similar group next year. You know, maybe there are some changes. They add on pieces. Obviously, you do that every year, and we'll see what guys do with options and all of that, and certainly on the starting pitching side of things, there could be some some different names there. But i got to tell you, I, I, I would assume at this moment you're having a very, very, very similar core and group come back next year, and it's uh, it's going to be kind of a run-it-back mentality and hope, you know, and I don't know that hope's a great strategy for any sports team, but hope that you do better and that what is felt in a lot of ways, like this very confusing sort of mystifying season doesn't happen again. Um, but as far as not hitting, yeah. I mean, look, that's been the question all year, why there have been so many performances like tonight. And you look at the big four tonight, T. Soto, Machado, Bogarts going over 13, yeah. I mean, you just did not expect so many nights like that where you would look at this offense and say, where is it? I mean, we talked in spring training, beginning of the year, a team built to hit. And for a team built to hit, there just have been way too many nights like this. And the inconsistencies of it, too. That, that's that been the story of the year. Let's go to Ricky, who's calling in from San Diego. Hi, Ricky. You're on the Padres postgame show. Hey, thank you. Hey, I want to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. And my call is, you know what? He's a much, much better player than he was. Mm-hmm. He had that 42 home run, 154 strikeout season, you know, probably on steroids. And, but, you know, this year he's taking pitches. He's not striking out nearly at the rate he was before. Mm-hmm. You know, every team's going to pop him once a series. You know, that's just the nature of the game. And he's just doing so much better. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of proud of him. You know, he, he saw us the darkest yeah. moments in baseball. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, he it, uh, he's done way better. Yeah, Ricky, it's a, it's yeah, it's it's a good call. It's look, I think Fernando's done about as about as well. I don't know what people hoped out there because the the standard, the bar was set so high from him after what he did in twenty one. But I think you're going to end up looking at his season, his numbers, all things considered, and say, you know what, that was pretty good, considering he missed a full year of time, everything he's gone through, and look, he. he He's taking ownership of it, and he's, to me, from the moment he sat inside that first base dugout last summer alongside A.J. Preller and talked to the media and talked publicly for the first time from that moment, Fernando's done everything right to me. He's done, he's taken ownership, he's answered every question, he's dealt with every heckler, he's done a lot of right things in the aftermath of it. And you look where he is right now. Um, is this including tonight? Uh, it may not be. Let me let me get you including tonight. So you're totally up to speed on the numbers. Here's Fernando's numbers right now in 107 games. Remember, he didn't play until April 20th. 261 batting average, 20 home runs, 65 RBIs. You know, the on-base percentage is lower than you want at 325. The OPS, lower, 788. So, look, th- there are certainly um, areas you know, where he hasn't done nearly as well as those first three seasons. Um, the OPS, that number really stands out. I mean, he had a, a 975 in 21. He's got a 788 here in 23. Look, it has not been uh, peak Fernando offensively, there, there, for sure. Um, but again, he's going to end up hitting, you know, I don't know, somewhere in the 250s, 260s probably, 20-plus home runs. You know, we'll see where he ends up. He'll end up with, Probably somewhere around, I don't know, 80 RBIs. I mean, again, all in all, pretty good. And also considering the position change, I mean, 
Who who saw the way he he's adapted to right field coming? I mean, he's done it seamlessly. He's been a Gold Glove caliber right fielder, so I I do think you have to factor that into the equation as well, and give him a lot of credit for that, and factor that into the big picture of his season. Like that's a hard thing to do. What he what he's done? Come back after not playing a year, the scrutiny you went through, and learning a new position, a brand new position, really. Um, and, and playing it as well as he has. I mean, he brings a lot of value. Look at the throw he made to keep it a 3 nothing game in that third inning. How many times have we seen that this year? It's been a gold-glove cl- gold caliber right fielder, so it, that has to play into the, the equation of how you view his season, um, and I'm with you. I, I think he's had a, a, a pretty good year here, all things considered, both offensively and defensively, and I, I would be, if I'm a Padre fan, I would be very, very excited about what he'll do next year when he comes back remember not only coming back after the time missed but all the surgeries i mean he came off multiple surgeries entering this season so i i'd be very bullish on fernando next year like to me next year would not shock me if he is like 2021 fernando um you know hopefully strikes out less But from a power standpoint, a driving and run standpoint, a big moment standpoint, a clutch standpoint, would not shock me at all. He came off a lot entering this year. And again, I think all things considered, he's been been very solid for this team on on both sides of the field. Let's go to Jordan calling in. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Sam. Uh, First of all, I'd just like to say, big fan of all your work you do on the post-game show here. Um, But... Mine's more of a, it's like a comment. I, I, like everyone else, I went to the game tonight, you know, just sitting through that, a lot of frustrating things. Um, but, you know, I just, I keep hearing, you know, this season, and every time every, like, major sports channel or something gets to talk about the Padres, they're just, everyone's always dumbfounded, and they just have no clue mm-hmm. about why this roster's not doing what it's doing. And even when they get to talking about, oh, who do we think is going to go on a run? Who are we going to look for to go on a run here? Mm-hmm. It's always, oh, look to the Padres, look for the, to the Padres to mm-hmm. do a run here. But it just seems, you know, even if we do manage to slide, you know, and there's opportunity. The opportunity is there. The race is so close for the wild, wild, last wild card spot. Like you were saying, everyone's like a game apart. And there's us at like, I think it was six and a half, something like that, seven. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like, I don't know. Even if we do somehow make the playoffs, I just don't even have faith that we could even be making a run in the playoffs. Because yeah. they haven't shown that they have that heart that, you need to have a good playoff run. And even despite all that, I'm still going to be watching the boys every single night. Yeah, well, look, look, I think if you haven't, thank you for the call. I think if you have the opportunity to get into the dance, you take it, right? We we learned last year. You never know what happens once you get there. And look, this, it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy to say, and I, I feel crazy saying this. I mean, this team is actually really built well. For the postseason okay they've got really good starting pitching they've got good back into the bullpen arms in suarez and hater and they've got star power guys that have been there done that but they're seven games below 500 struggling to get to 500 and into the postseason so you know, it's funny you bring up the national talk because, like, I, I watch MLB Network every single morning, and I listen to a lot of national baseball talk every single day. And I'm with you. Nationally, it has been 
really confusing for a lot of these people that cover baseball. They've waited and waited and waited, just like we have for the Padres to go on a run, and they cannot understand how this team is seven games below 500, just based on some of the numbers alone, the starting pitching numbers and um, all of it, all the things we talk about on a nightly basis. It's very hard to figure out, although the one thing, if you watch them every day, and we all have, if you're listening to this at 1034 at night, I'm sure you have, is that the offensive inconsistency, to me, has been the story, no doubt, of this season and again i brought up in the last 11 games five individual games that stand out lately at a time of year where they can't afford to have games like this against arizona no runs five hits against baltimore one run four hits against arizona one run three hits against arizona one run five hits and then no runs three hits here tonight that's just in a span of 11 games where they've had forget the hits for a second those aren't good either But in five out of their last 11 games, they've had either no runs or one run. That just doesn't work. And it's not conducive for building momentum. It's not conducive for going on this run that we've been waiting for all year. So if you're asking me what is the main reason they have not won more than three in a row, what is the main reason they are where they are, it's A, a lack of offensive consistency all year, and a lack of being able to win close games. I mean, one-run game, 6-19, and 19, and we, we, we've been over these numbers a million times at this point. You know the numbers, or at least you know somewhat what they are. Um, it's just been a team that, for a variety of reasons, seemingly night to night has not been, been able to win games consistently. But I think the macro reason, to me, it's it's nights like tonight. And also when they fall behind, really not showing much of an ability to come back in games with this offense. Again, coming out of spring training, I, I do like to think about what we thought. And the idea was was that you were going to have a lineup with the names in, in here, Tatis, Soto, Machado. I mean, nobody nobody knew or could have predicted that ha Sung Kim would become what he's become this season. So take him out of it for a second. But just Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, I mean – that group right there, I mean, and especially the big four, I mean, the, the idea was there was going to be nowhere to escape that lineup for a pitcher. We talked about it a lot. Where do you go? How is somebody going to get through that lineup one, two, three times a night, four times a night? And unfortunately, there's been a lot of nights like tonight where starting pitchers have got through them two, three times. Bullpens have got through them. With no problem. And that's the way it was here tonight. So it's uh, it's confusing. It's frustrating. But when you've watched them all year, I mean, certainly the offense, it has been a very confusing year. Um, and here tonight was, was right in that category. Let's go to Chula Vista. It's Manny. Hi, Manny. Hey, uh, man, what a disappointing game, huh? I just got back from the stadium and, Wow. Uh, I heard a couple of callers complaining about the booing, and all I could say is um, they weren't booing Snell. They were booing the home run. A couple other plays that were being booed because they were ridiculous, like Bogart throwing those wild pitches, which is okay. Mm-hmm. It happens. But I feel like the Padres right now are lacking uh, the motivation. I feel like they got too much star power. Um, 
I, I'm at the point where at first I really loved the Soto and I, I, I thought he was going to be a great addition. And maybe he was last year, but maybe it's time to part ways with Soto. I mean, 23 million for this season for what he's producing. It doesn't really seem worth it. Um, they put a comparison in the last game they played with Christian Walker, I believe it's his name from the uh, Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. And that guy is batting way better than Soto right now. I wouldn't say way better, but I mean, he's comparable yeah. compared to what he's being paid. I mean, dude, I think we need to go after some like hungry players right now. Let the stars go. If we get as much as we can for Soto, let them walk as as much as we can get our get back for what we gave for him for last season and rebuild for next year because at this point, there's obviously some type of chemistry problem going on mm. with the locker room, and I think it might have to be with leadership, like you mentioned, and I think each one's trying to maybe battle in the locker room. And I, I, it just seems like whoever thought they were the leader isn't the leader or they're fighting to be the leader, and whoever's trying to be the leader isn't the leader. And it, mm. it just, at this point, it's bowled over to the point where not even the manager can control it. And I feel that unless they do something to rep, to like get so much hotheads out of that locker room, they're gonna keep going through the same headaches. Like hmm. it, it's not even fun anymore. Going to the games, like I'm a season ticket holder. I go all the time. I take my kids, my family, and it's just like you can't even believe it no more. They're, they're paying hmm. so much money to go watch these players play, and they're not playing. So. Hmm. I, I feel like we need to get some players that are young, hungry, and want to come up. Maybe uh, Bogarts to first base and swallow your pride and make you made a mistake. Let Kim play shortstop. Um, put uh, uh, Merrill, bring in Merrill. Like, let him work. I feel like Jack, Jackson Merrill could bring in some lively enthusiasm to the squad, even if it's just to just let him grow like Abrams mm-hmm. did. Um, maybe not trade them off through the first little bait piece we get. I think we'll do good. I, I feel good about Merrill, and I think he'll be a good utility piece to this team. But they need to do something different, and I think letting Soto walk at this point might be the way that we can rebuild for next year because, like you said, we need to make money somewhere, and that money we can get back to Soto can pay for maybe Snell. Yeah. It could pay for maybe Hayter. They could yeah. pay for Manny. Manny, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here for a second. I mean, look, you know, there there was a lot in there. Look, the the Soto part of it is interesting. And Manny, thank you for the phone call and appreciate your passion. Thank you for coming to the games. And and I'm sorry to hear you say the games aren't fun. Look, I, tonight, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to cheer about, and it's not not the performance you want at this time of year with these games so important. So I I, I feel you there. Um. Look, the Soto part of it, I feel like there's a lot of fans that are really frustrated with, with Soto. Um, look, I, I think there have been periods where we have not seen peak Juan Soto. You are going to look at the numbers at the end of the year, and they're going to be very impressive. Okay, right now it's 259, 24 home runs, 75 RBIs, 400 on base percentage. That's dipped a little bit. He's been slumping. OPS has dipped a little bit. It's at 884. Um but it, it's going to be a, a, a pretty good year for Juan Soto. Um, look, I, I think the mix of his age and his talent level, um, 
look, obviously it's going to get a lot of money from somebody. We'll see what happens. I mean, look, the Padres are going to have to, you know, figure out in the offseason or going into next year what the likelihood is they can keep him here, um, you know, and, and if that's not reality, then I, I will see. Um, you know, I don't think it's the craziest idea that they could look to to move him. Um, if they don't think they can keep him here, I do think there's a want to keep him here. I think, number one, he's a, a, a terrific player. Um, he's had some ups and downs here in San Diego, but when you consider his age and his talent level and what he's already done, I think it would be very short-sighted to not consider keeping him here long-term. Um, but if you don't think you can do that, then there is going to be an argument of, well, what could you get? Could you bolster other areas of your team and or your farm system? And also, if you Again, I said it earlier, if you wanted to really shake things up, if you felt that was necessary after this year with a with a big part of this roster, I mean, that that is one of your options. I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, big contracts, things like that. The one thing that would not be hard to do would be to move Soda because there's a team out there that wants him. He's that good of a player. Um, I don't think they should do that if they think they can keep him here. I also don't expect them to do that, but is there in the offseason or going into if this team's not playing well next year? I mean, if, I would imagine if, when the phone rings, they're going to answer. They're going to field calls on it. So, um, you know, there was a lot there in your call, Manny. So I'm, I'm struggling to, to now go back into my brain and, and figure out what, what part I want to address. But um, let, we'll stay on the Soto part. I, I, I just think... You know, I know there are people out there that have been frustrated with him. Um, you know, he's been getting picked off lately, and, you know, the defense has been shaky at times. Um, but, look, I just think at the same time it's it's very short-sighted to, to want him to go, especially if he could be here for a long time. I mean, you look at, like, having guys like Tatis and Soto here at their age, and it's, it's going to cost you a lot of money, but not the worst thing in the world okay it really isn't so i i almost feel like you know when people say that about soto it's a lot of the frustration of this year talking um if he had the same exact numbers and this team were winning i i feel like the conversation would be a lot different i do um but they're not and these are the conversations you have and if you're a fan out there with the way this team has played this year and their record and performances like tonight that are looking at it saying something something's got to be shaken up. I, I can't disagree with you because this exact combination, for whatever reason, is not produced anywhere near what people thought they would do. Um, and that is why it's going to be a really fascinating offseason for this team in a, in a number of different respects. But I do think there's also a chance, like I said earlier, that, yeah, it, it's – and I'll say it, like, they could make some big move with this roster, with one of their core players. It's not out of the question. I, I doubt it's going to happen. But for the most part, your core's coming back. <laughs> you know, if one guy got moved, it's not going to be everybody. So it will be up to this organization and this team and the staff to figure out why this didn't work this year, barring a miracle here at the end. Um, oh, I don't know. Is, is Miracle too strong? Eh, I don't know. Six games out, 30-something to play. They've, they've, teams they need to leapfrog. They, 
Put it this way. They've got to do quite a job here. Um, but, you know, the, it's going to be a very similar group. So it'll be on this organization and whoever's involved to figure out what or how this goes differently next year. So we shall see. A lot of calls there, a lot of frustration. I get it. I get it. Not a fun one here tonight. No runs on three hits. Not the night you uh, dreamt of uh, talking about on August 22nd with this team seven games below 500. All right. We've done a lot here. I've kept Nick in the studio for a while. Let's hear our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. Here's the three and two, and that's hit in the air to very deep center field. Grisham goes back. All he's going to be able to do is watch. This is a Solaire shot to the base of the uh, Ivy batter's eye here in center field. A long home run for Solaire. 33rd of the year, and the Marlins have a 1-0 lead in the third. Jorge Solaire, our play of the game, the home run in the third. I got the scoring started for Miami. Sparked that third inning rally. They would go on to score three in the third and go on to win it by a final score of 3-0 here tonight. As the Padres lose the second game of this series, and they will play a rubber game of this series tomorrow in the afternoon. 1-10 p.m. first pitch tomorrow, the finale of this 10-game homestand, Eco Water SoCal. Padres pregame show begins at 12-10. Sandy Alcantara. Former Cy Young Award winner on the mound for Miami. Seth Lugo will make the start for San Diego. Again, first pitch tomorrow at 110. Our pregame coverage begins at 1210. Taking a look at the final totals here tonight. For the Marlins, three runs, eight hits, no errors. They left on eight. For the Padres, no runs, three hits, three errors. They left on four. Winning pitcher Jesus Lazardo, who improves to nine and eight. Losing pitcher was Blake Snell, who drops to ten and nine. And the save goes to David Robertson, his 18th of the season between New York and Miami. Time of game, two hours, 31 minutes, and the crowd here at Petco Park, the 51st sellout of the season on Ha-Sung Kim bobblehead night. Good time had by all. Well, except for the final score of the game. That was not so fun, but great crowd here tonight, 43,400. And 50. As always, if you missed any of our post-game coverage, you can listen back to the full post-game show on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Nick Danucci. I'm Sam Levitt saying so long and good night. Again, the final score, the Miami Marlins 3 and the San Diego Padres nothing. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon on the Padres Radio Network.